0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman.
1: Welcome to the Big O Money Show with me, Bill Altman here right from the Premier Advisory Group in Omaha, Nebraska. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening always. Today, we have a special guest on. We have our co-host, Tony Shore. We have a packed show today. Uh, Michael Binger, who is the president of Gradient Investments, I consider a friend, known you for quite a while, Mike.
2: Yes, we have.
1: Uh, yeah, a chartered financial analyst. He has led a uh, a team at Gradient to really incredible growth, really, in, in that world. And, and Mike, I think that you deserve a lot of that credit. You've been in the industry for 31 years. You're a Minnesota native. You've put your time in. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and you are behind a lot of our client
2: portfolios. And so for you coming on, I really appreciate that well uh, uh, first off thank you for all the kind words I appreciate it and uh, you know I I I just would like to reiterate everything you said that uh, you know it's been it, it's been a great business to be in I feel we're helping people I feel our portfolios are resonating with with you know your clients um, and it's just been a pleasure working with you bill over the years absolutely
1: fantastic we have a crazy market going on Mike uh, no doubt you know but I think it, it's the reminder and I remind clients you know, a lot that we have our ups and downs and the goal is for good, solid foundations. Gradient, you focus a lot on uh, fundamentals I see
2: within your uh, portfolios. That's like a common mantra. Is that fair to say? Uh, Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, we're as investment managers and portfolio managers, when we think about our portfolios, you know we really focus on the fundamentals and those fundamentals are you know really we can boil it down to three things that we're deep in the weeds on every day. Uh, the first would be you know how is our economy doing? How is the global economy doing? you know in general, what is the health of the economy? Um, the second and probably the most important fundamental is the companies we invest in. What is the trajectory of their profits or their losses, their revenue gains, you know, individual company metrics? That's very critical because we really do invest in companies, not markets. And then thirdly is, what is the valuation of the market, the companies that we invest in? You know, how much are we paying for those metrics? So all three of those work in tandem. They all tend to drive stock prices over time. Uh, I would say the individual trajectories and profit and loss metrics of the companies is, is foremost, you know, when we examine things.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, and that's, it's it's very evident. And, and and right now, with all the volatility that we've seen, again, I remind clients, you know, 73% of the years since 1926 and the S&P 500 have been up years, actually, mm-hmm. right? But we will have those down years. And the last three years have been fantastic. In fact, we've had a pretty darn good decade, would you say?
2: Uh, I, the decade has been fantastic. It's been well above kind of those long-term stock market averages of, say, 8-ish percent. Um, and, and the last, like you said, you know, when we think of this pullback we've had in, in in really in the beginning of the year in 2022, we need to think about how good 2019, 2020 and 21 was. Those were all roughly 20 percent plus years in the, in the stock market. Um, so a little bit of a pullback is probably a healthy thing, you know, instead of this market just continuing to, you, you know, go higher and higher unwarranted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we have interest rate increases. It's freaking everybody out. A lot of people think that a lot of those interest rate increases have already been priced into the market Again, seeing Mm -hmm. a little pullback off of last year's high. I mean, heck, our G50, one of my favorite portfolios because of what it is. U.S. blue chip, uh, 50 individual dividend paying, increasing dividend year over year, strong financials, right? Um, That up, what, almost 30% last year. So to see a pullback... I think is fairly, I mean, I mean, that's
2: fairly warranted, right? Especially after three big years. It It is, you know, and the G50, just like you said, I mean, these are high quality companies, companies that have been around for decades, companies that we feel will be around for decades to come. Uh, but most importantly, Bill, is they have a history of paying dividends, that dividend yield is above the stock market average, and more, most importantly, they have a history of raising those dividends every year. So it's really a rising stream of income on a year-over-year basis from that dividend stream that you will receive with these companies.
1: To help and fight inflation, really. Absolutely. It, it, and, and, and this week here, uh, uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell increased rates a, a quarter point. Some say, like our own Ernie Goss uh, here at Creighton University, he's an economist. He says that he he likes the increases. He thinks a little too late. He thinks that's it's good. Uh, Brian Belsky, one of your good buddies, mm-hmm. uh, head of, uh, uh, or his chief investment strategist at BMO Capital, right? He He says he likes it. He likes Jerome Powell. He has a bullish target on the year.
2: Yeah, well... It, it, it was a very interesting dynamic yesterday, Bill. So we I, I think everyone acknowledges that interest rates are, are, are going higher. And I'm okay with that because, because interest rates are moving higher from an extremely and historically low level. So I'm okay with rates rising a little bit. In fact, I think they need to rise a little bit. So yesterday the Federal Reserve came out and they raised interest rates one quarter of 1% for the first time in a long time. Um, usually... Markets get a little intimidated and a little fearful when we're in a a rising interest rate period, but due to the inflation that we've been seeing, um, the market welcomed the Fed when they came out and they said, look, we're raising interest rates 25 basis points or one quarter of 1% today, and we expect to do it seven more times during the year. And the market applauded that. They felt that the Fed is really addressing the inflation issues that we have in this country, and that's why the stock market was up so powerfully yesterday.
1: And some, some part of me, sometimes, you know, you it's like, just leave it alone, leave it alone. But the inflation that we have had over the last, you know, three years, really like tremendous ups, it's going to create those higher prices. And I re- also remind clients of inflation, yes the inflation is here the numbers are crazy but we had COVID we shut down factories around the world supply chain is super limited
2: you get it you buy stuff for your house it takes didn't you tell me you're like waiting eight months for a couch or something silly like oh, that? oh yeah we, we you know we ordered a couch for our, for our house and it took like nine months to get there and that that kind of and, and I think a lot of folks are feeling that same kind of supply chain pinch you know they're going like you know right now they're really feeling it in the automotive sector you know where it's like oh my what do you mean I have to wait a, a, a year to get a new car that kind of thing
1: is this uh, econ 101 though supply and demand and and cheap prices up.
2: It is. But when when you read your econ books in college and all that, I, I mean, they, they don't talk about pandemics and, right. and inflation and things like that. But what really happened is we went through a pretty terrible pandemic. You know, the economy was shut down. And when that happens, you know, corporations around the world start to, you know, they don't invest and they're not building out capacity because demand falls. Um, so as COVID subsided, uh, as consumers started to go out again, I mean, there was a lot of pent up demand and consumers unleashed this demand for you know goods and services you know not only in this country but around the world and the supply chain which had declined you know, wasn't able to immediately meet this just, you know, exploding demand. And and that'll take a couple of quarters to work out. That's why we're seeing this inflation. You know, you throw the conflict, you know, the terrible conflict in Ukraine on top of it, um, where, you know, that could disrupt some supply chains, especially in the, you know, in, in the food crop like, like wheat and corn, um, but also in the oil supply around the world. So we're, we've had a couple of events, the pandemic, The Ukraine conflict, the supply chain that's having a hard time catching up, exploding demand. All these things have kind of collided, have caused inflation to creep up around 7-8%. We expect that to subside as we exit the year. We think the supply chain will catch up. We believe that oil will be more around $80 a barrel as we exit the year. So right now it seems like there's a lot of things happening that the stock market doesn't like. We've seen a correction, which is okay but I still feel our economy is very strong and stocks will be higher from here as we look on the year versus lower.
1: And globally, the best place to invest, in your opinion?
2: Uh, you know, in my opinion, the U.S. is still the best place to invest. I mean, you, you know, we have the biggest capital markets in the world. We have the most innovative technology companies here. We have some of the biggest banks, the biggest conglomerates here, uh, one of the strongest economies around the world. It, it's just, it, it's, it, in my opinion, the U.S. market is still the best place to invest. Some of the best tax policy I, well, I, I, you know, a lot of people might debate <laughs> that a little bit. But uh, but go, you, other, you, go to Europe. What are you paying on business taxes in Europe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A yeah, lot I, more I, than here. Yeah, You are. You, you know, and, and most businesses and companies that we invest in, I mean, they do business globally. So it's really a collective global tax rate. Um, so, you, you know, I think taxes probably for corporations will, you know, they drop from 35% to 21%. They'll probably creep back higher to 25, 26%. Um, You know, personal income taxes, I mean, you know, we'll probably, for those folks who are fortunate enough to make over $400,000 a year, which aren't a lot of us out there, I I mean, their taxes will probably go up to that, you know, 39.6 area again from, you know, the 36-ish, 7 area. Um, They can certainly absorb that. So, yeah, taxes will probably go up a little bit, but... You know, uh, those people who are impacted by higher taxes, those companies can certainly absorb it and thrive.
1: And and they figure it out,
2: too. I mean, they're not like, okay,
1: Katie, bar the door, firing everybody and
2: and stopping (laughs) business. They're going to figure it out. And and they're not going to make less money.
1: Otherwise, they'll get
2: fired. I can guarantee you that if corporate tax rates go from 21% to 26%, Apple's not going to shut their door. Berkshire Hathaway, you know, they're still going to be in business and they'll adapt and move forward. Right. old Bill Tony Shore. He can afford
0: it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can take it. Well, you know, you mentioned yesterday and today as we're recording this, the markets are up again. It's a pretty big two-day rally considering the rest of this year so far has been pretty volatile and Pretty negative. Yeah. We're seeing a, a pretty good bounce back here. Yeah,
2: th- th- that's a, that's a good point. I mean, you know, markets markets have already anticipated a lot of these things that have happened. Um, the, the The stock prices have corrected, so I believe we're really in the bottoming process right now. and And like I said, the economy is still strong. Ukraine and Russia have been getting a lot of headlines. It's a you know a terrible human tragedy, but as far as an economic impact, it's going to be very small. Uh, the biggest fear has been in the stock markets and bond markets has been inflation and the Fed came out yesterday and it said, we are going to address this and tackle this in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. And they've been telling us this too. This isn't yeah, like news. Yeah. or
1: I mean we how long have we been talking about this though? It, you know, right? I mean, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I mean, everyone has said we need to normalize interest rates. The Fed has got to get out of the, you know, the the liquidity business where they're buying bonds and they're engineering interest rates so low. And then when the Fed says, "Okay, we're going to do it," the economy we feel is certainly very strong and it can handle it. But you, you, you know, people ask for things, and then when they happen, they kind of freak out a little bit. So you're right. What do you think about China, Mike? Even about
1: China in the COVID swing back. Do you think that's a threat here? Are we going to have another round after we've completely
2: opened back up? Yeah, that's, the, you know what, Bill, that's, uh, I saw that. I, I mean, the biggest impact is there. there's a big city in China called Shenzhen. Uh, they had a COVID spike there. They're going to shut that city down for five days. And normally that would just, you know, no one really pay attention to that. But Uh, That city has a lot of global, you know, semiconductor production and and goods manufacturing there. It's a big part in the global supply chain. So, you know, I think they'll shut it down. Um, Omicron is not as serious as the other ones. A lot of people are vaccinated. So I believe that, you know, the U.S. had a giant spike in Omicron in December and January. Um, It quickly subsided. Uh, I think it'll quickly subside there. But that's the biggest wild card out there is, is, you know, will these things spike up again? But, you know, we have such a high percentage of vaccinated people in this country that uh, I don't think it'll impact our economy like it initially did, yeah, even well, if that happens. Well, that's
1: good. And it's funny, when we were at meetings in Minnesota in, uh, oh, what was it, September, October, I mm-hmm. think a, c- a couple of people, but Belsky was telling us, just get ready for the spike again. In in yeah. COVID and and we were actually pretty light at that point. It was gone, you know. And he said, "Well, it's going to rear its ugly head again, December and January." And it was, it was kind of a brutal one, though. People were it, sick. I don't know about over there, but here in Omaha,
2: I mean, there's a lot of sick people. There, there was, you know. And I remember coming into the office and wondering, okay, who's going to call in sick today? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, we 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 have you know 50 people on our staff, and you know, maybe one or two would you know be sick, and it would kind of go through. And um, but the thing is we didn't have any serious cases of, uh, of COVID in this latest surge. Yep. Um, it's subsided and really we're back in the office now. Um, and, and it's very normalized here right now. And, you know, in Minnesota, I'm, I'm sure it's similar to that in Omaha. Um, it's, it's almost business as usual. No, oh, it feels like it. I was in Florida last week for a cousin's wedding and, and it was just
1: pack you travel, you get the picture. It's, it's crazy out there. People yep. are wanting to get out. It's the revenge travel. We've heard, uh, one of your, uh, uh, CFAs, Marianne Montaigne talk about revenge travel. I heard her on mm-hmm. CNBC sitting here in my office all of a sudden she's on talking about <laughs> yeah. it. You know, it, it's interesting because it is out there and people want to get back out. Uh, you know, uh, uh, contrarian portfolio you created back, uh, Uh, right after COVID kind of said, hey, let's take advantage of companies that got hammered. Let's make this happen. That baby sang last year. I don't even want to tell people what that thing did last
2: year. Yeah. You you, you know, part of the messaging that, that we've always worked with advisors and clients on, you know, and this is not just recently, but over the, you know, years and decades, is that stock markets work very well over time. They provide the best returns out there as far as an asset class. Uh, I wish the stock market worked like a CD and you got those 8 to 9% returns every year, but that's not how it works. We all know that. Um, but one of the things that we really focus on is, is when markets pull back, you know, are these corrections or are they, are they crashes? Let's define that. Let's look at those fundamentals. And generally, we, uh, there are Corrections. And when they are corrections, we want to be opportunistic instead of pushing the panic button. And that message has really sunk in, frankly, with a lot of our clients. Um, and, and we've really helped people avoid the scenario where after the destruction in the market has already happened, then they're panicking and selling out. They're missing out on the rallies. And and really what happens at that point, Bill, is you, you know, folks like yourself and good advisors like yourself set up these wonderful long-term financial plans that will work for people. And then folks panic, they get emotional, and things get derailed. Yep. We don't let that happen. Right. And we
1: condition. We talk about that a lot. People say, you know, I have friends that would say, or neighbors, say, hey, your phone's been ringing off the hook all week. Uh, no, got a couple calls. We got, you know, and we have a lot of money under management. And it's, and, and it's because of that original conditioning, the long-term financial plan, the income plan that gets set up. I'm um, certainly past performance. People understand that there has to be a pullback when they see, you know, a 29% year and a statement on a growth and income blue chip portfolio. Really? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so Mike, people are today, you know, interest rates going up, which are kind of nice, right? It, it, it means that the economy can stand on its own, I believe, right? That kind of mm-hmm. tells me that in layman's terms. So that, as right. interest rates increased, air comes out of the tires, right? A little bit, we might see some slower growth and that's pr- probable, I would say, right? I mean, compared to what we've had, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and now we get into... Um, we're still at this low interest rate environment. Where do people find safe money? we can go to the, uh, you know, your are checking savings money market. We can go to your CDs, not gonna pay anything anywhere there. You can go to the annuity market, find products. You, know, you can expect the average around a 4% return, but you're, you lose some liquidity quite a bit, you know? And, and people, then you go to the bond market, interest rates go up, bonds come down, you have to stay short-term or intermediate, really not getting much interest there. Where else can people turn for safe money? You guys have created some portfolios that are pretty amazing that have been very successful.
2: Yeah, we have, and and we've really been, we introduced these these portfolios a couple years ago. Uh, They have really resonated with our client base because what these portfolios allow you to do is is they allow you to participate when stock markets are up, and they also give you downside protection when stock markets are down. And this is called and these are called the uh, there's three of them there's the buffered index portfolio there's our dual directional buffered index portfolio and thirdly there's our designed income portfolio and what what these do and why they are resonating so much is you know nothing comes for free bill we all know that right so if you want to participate on the upside but you also want protection on the downside we can these portfolios can protect you on on average they protect you uh, the first 15% down in the stock markets, you'll be zero. If there's 15% protection after that you will participate. Um, and the trade-off for getting that downside protection is that there's a cap on the upside. And these portfolios generally last, uh, you know, have a, have a length between one year and two years. So what we look at there is w- most clients are going to be happy with a 12% or 13% return, which is a cap on returns. So the trade-off, your upside is capped, but those caps are double-digit, could be 15%, and then the the trade-off for being capped is that you have protection if the stock markets markets are down anywhere from 0 to 15%.
1: So almost like if people are familiar with the fixed indexed annuities out there that kind of track the S&P 500, but they'll maybe let you make a small fraction of those double digit returns, right? Again, you're going to be averaging four yeah. to 6% at the best in these, okay? Um, these are, are are liquid. Now, when I say liquid, there is, you know, I think a very small quarter of a point fee to get out early and you get out at net asset value throughout the year if you wanted, but really they're designed to hold for at least 366 days where you yep. can get long-term capital gains. You can, so you can go in these 12 month buffered index. So you want to keep it in there. Can you, could you get it back out? Mike, I think the answer is
2: yes, but it's not encouraged, right? Yes. The, the, the answer is yes. I mean, I've always been in my career, I've always been a big believer in liquidity because things happen. Um, So yes, there's liquidity. You can get out every day if you like, but this is for money that we really encourage. If this is a one year buffered index portfolio or a two year dual directional portfolio, we encourage folks to stay in there from point to point point and realize the full benefits of that portfolio.
1: So you get the, get the gist here, listeners. You have, you know, upside to say 15%, you can make up to 15% in the market. So if the market does 20, you make 15. If the market does eight, you do eight, right? So this is in the regular single directional downside buffer, let's say is 10%. So the first 10% is on the house.
2: The set, if it's down 11, you're down one, right? Correct. Yep. You described it perfection. And what what I think is most interesting, we we've come out our dual directional buffered index portfolio where you can actually make money if the markets are down. I mean this is really a win-win win scenario. If markets are down aggressively, say twenty percent, you're only gonna be down roughly five percent. Anywhere between markets being down 0 and 15%, clients will receive the inverse of that. They'll be positive that number. And then there's a cap of, say, 15% on the upside. So it's it's really, we can manipulate the terms on these, and, and we work with some of the largest banks in the country. Uh, we all know the names, and you can go over those with your clients, Bill. But, um, but Goldman, you, you, Barclays,
1: top eight big institutionals, right? Yeah, I mean, Morgan, real, real Stanley, players, you've City heard of Corp. all of
2: them. Yep, we have direct relationships with them, and these portfolios are—you you, know—we're selling out every offering, and we and we bring out about four of these offerings every three weeks, and they've been so successful, and, and that's because they make a lot of sense in this environment. The portfolios I believe are unique in the marketplace, and
1: unique in the in the fashion, Mike. That uh, these. You have uh, individual stock portfolios on a lot of these portfolios versus mm-hmm. the the typical ETF mutual fund that we see so often. So, Mike, again, I appreciate you coming out of the sh- coming on the show. We are running out of time. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Premier Advisory Group, please give us a call at 402-557-6730. Again, it's 402-557-6730. 30, and you can get us on the web at
0: BigOMoney.com. All right. Again, thank you to Michael Binger for being here.
2: Hey, Thanks for chatting, everyone. It was, it was a great time.
0: And that does it for today's episode of The Big O' Money Show with our host, Bill Altman. Thank you for listening to The Big O' Money Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Bill Altman at the Premier Advisory Group call four zero two five five seven six seven three zero, or visit their website at